0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrup, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. I don't even know what to call you this week, Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone two Atlanta natives, recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir?
1: Graham, the fact that you have no nickname for me does not bode well for the creativity that we got coming up in this show, but we'll see how it goes. It was just more
0: about, like, I always think about how Atlanta sports is doing in correlation to your nickname, sure. And I was just, I was just frustrated because I'm like,
1: oh, you're Graham frustrated, Walter I'm Graham frustrated, Waldrop this week. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, you've kind of lost it on a couple fronts, three fronts actually. All, all three fronts. You were, you were pissed at the Falcons Sunday. Yep. You've been pissed at the Braves since. Saturday, really since the trade yep. last week, I suppose. Yeah, and the Hawks just absolutely disgust you. Yeah, so you I, refused to watch I, them. I now.
0: refused to watch that Magic game the other night. I mean,
1: what what are you without Atlanta sports? V- shell of a man.
0: Yeah, I'm still invested. Okay, I'm just not happy. That's fair. I'm not happy right now. That's it. It's okay. I, It's not like I'll never watch the Hawks again. I just I just <laughs> shouldn't want to watch them <laughs> against the Magic
1: again. So I thought they'd lose, and they almost did. And they should have according to uh, your report. The Hawks actually were looking pretty damn good yesterday. They're starting to get healthy again. John Collins was back. Uh, Bogey was starting last night, and just him alongside Trey is always phenomenal. DeJounte came back. We've lost Capella for a couple weeks, but you know they had John Collins starting at center, Oh, oh! Coming off the bench, they had a little bit of mojo going. Trey hit a couple of threes. Unbelievable! He had you know double digit assists again. I think he had like thirty five plus points. I was like, okay, things are trending in the right direction. Let this team get healthy. And then the last minute twenty four, when they were up thirteen points, it was just five or six of the worst offensive possessions you'll ever see in your life. Just absolutely disgusting defense. We're up one because they they've scored like eleven straight. Now we need a defensive stand, and their little point guard just, like, dribbles it right into the paint. Easy layup. No, no problem. No problem. Uh, and <laughs> we kind of got bailed out on a foul call on DeJounte. He hit two free throws to put us back up one, and we won by one. So there's your Hawks report. Graham. Jesus. But two, two in a row. Yeah, I did watch Woo.
0: a decent amount of the Hornets game on Friday at Manuals. decent. I mean, they were blowing the Hornets out the whole time, and they looked a lot better. Maybe they're starting to pick it up. I mean, the end of that game obviously sounds terrible. Maybe they're starting to pick it up. I don't know. We'll check in later. We'll check in later. It's still December basketball. I mean...
1: We're not a basketball podcast, Graham.
0: We we have gotten into pretty in-depth basketball discussions on this show before. It's just the Hawks aren't doing anything to make me want to watch them. Sure. uh, Right now. So. But let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk some Falcons. Oh, and the highly anticipated debut of Desmond Ritter. We were getting super excited about this on Saturday night. I think we high fived about fifteen times in a row on Howell Street to the embarrassment of our
1: friends and loved ones. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah, I don't know what I expect. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you know. I expected a little better than this. I, I pictured, yeah. I, I expected somewhere in the line of like, I don't know, 100, 150 to two hundred, kind of like Mariota numbers. I think is what I was thinking. Yeah. But in the back of my head, I was like, dude, what, what if he what, he, what if he yeah. goes off for like three fifty and four touchdowns, four touchdowns yeah. zero interceptions. Sure. Um, so that's, that was obviously in the back of my head, but it, that's not the way it went. But, you know, there's some positives and negatives to this whole game.
0: It's just, it's, it was, it wasn't horribly
1: atrocious. You saw some things.
0: Ritter was atrocious, I thought, throughout the entire game. He had a couple of decent passes to, um, Drake London, and that was about it. His decision making wasn't very good. Deep balls were worse than Mariota could even dream of doing. And, um, didn't have great awareness in the pocket either, but this is also his first game. Like I said last week, I'm not gonna, you know, kill the guy after, or, or praise the guy after one week, depending on how he does. It was just, especially like those first couple of drives, he couldn't hit anybody. Like it was it was it was awful. I mean, I,
1: he was too amped up, and like yeah. th- those deep shots, those were hurt, his decisions. That wasn't Coach Smith. Like really? Ritter said that okay. in an interview. Coach Smith said, "Yeah, he was just a little too amped up taking those deep shots." But like, also, you would think that. You would say don't do that. But you'd think Arthur could kind of set him up. It was like his first completion came like on his like fifth pass, I believe, and it was like a tight end screen. Yeah, to prove it. Couldn't we have started with that? Yeah. You know, just just get him going with something simple. Exactly, exactly.
0: And it was and you know, and it's not like this guy's been running with the first team offense all offseason or anything, or even the the entirety of the season. Like, you know, when Matt Ryan came in and his first pass when he was a rookie was like a sixty yard pass to Michael Jenkins. It was it was known on draft day. Matt Ryan's your starting quarterback. He's working with the, uh, you know, with with the first team offense all off season. Let's take a shot here. Fuck it, you know. He, he's in he's in the, he's in a rhythm. Let's do it.
1: Sure. It's also the difference between a first round number three overall quarterback and a guy that got drafted in the third round for sure. a reason. Sure, but he's, I'm just he's not
0: ready. No, but I'm just saying. There's a. It's just like the decision, and and you're saying that it was Desmond Ritter's decision to do that, but it's also like. Like you also said, don't even give that, don't even make that an option because he's not ready to do that yet. Sure. That's all.
1: Um, also, I suppose we should set this up a little bit better. The Falcons lost to the Saints. Again. In classic fashion. 21-18. We went down 14 nothing before, you know, before I even took the damn hot dogs off the grill. Yeah. We're down. 14. It was disgusting. Yeah, and Especially
0: that Taysom Hill deep touchdown. Horrible
1: coverage. Falcons tackled poorly all day pretty much. Yeah, so, I mean, put put the rookie in a hole, which certainly did not help matters. But then, if, I mean, just like we've done all year, we just kind of hung around and had a chance to win the ballgame. And I think the narrative is just 100% different if, on the final drive, when we're marching down the field, chance to take the lead with, like, less than two minutes. So maybe would have been less than a minute. Yeah. Who knows? Big fourth and five. And we get the conversion, probably his best pass of the day, to Drake London. Perfect pass. And London, for the second time this year, fumbles on a game-winning drive, and we lose A potential the game ball. drive. Well, potential, yeah. yeah. But it's like, and London played great all the game. He did. He did. He had seven
0: for seventy. Um, Ritter only averaged 3.7 yards per attempt, so it's not like he could do a lot. And yeah, only the Falcons can convert a fourth down and then fumble it on the same play to lose the game. There's no other franchise that's going to do something like that. It's just, it's just unreal.
1: It's just so predictable at this point. It's like, we're not surprised when it's happening. You're just waiting. You know it's going to happen. You just don't know how it's going to happen. The surprise would have been had we just like executed that drive perfectly, ran the clock all the way down. You know, I mean, we were in field goal position at this point as well to tie it up. It's just like it's 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 very frustrating. There's there was a Reddit uh, post about the Falcons, and I believe it is seven games now where one play like that has affected the outcome to the the Falcons could have won this year. This year. Yeah. Well, yeah, think it could be a two seed. I don't know about that, but, you know,
0: think about the Chargers game. You know, it's like we force a fumble. And I can't remember who fumbled it afterwards for the Falcons. Was it um, the guy who's hurt, Taequann Graham? He's running down the field with the ball, and then he fumbles it. He doesn't even get hit. He just fumbles the ball. Yeah, there's,
1: there's seven of those games. Game one against the Saints. That was the Mariota fumble that would have put us up by, like, yeah. 21 but or for, something but, like that. But
0: these two are insane to me. Fourth down conversion, fumble. Pick up fumble recovery, then fumble without anyone tackling you after running for, like, 35, I mean, 40 I, yards. At least London got lit up. At least, at least he got hit. Taequann Graham just decided to drop the ball for some reason. Inadvertently. It, you know, though,
1: I'm glad, ugh. you know, London's rookie, rookie mistake. It's fine. Let's let's just appreciate the fact that he's not scared to go across the middle like that. Calvin Ridley like wouldn't Calvin have Ridley. Even Calvin caught Ridley, that.
0: He wouldn't even, yeah, he wouldn't even run the route. Yeah. He just sat there. Yeah. And I also appreciated, um, even though I was, very upset. I appreciated Desmond Ritter going up to him and picking London off the ground. Wenden felt awful
1: for dropping the fumble. that showed some leadership on his end. I mean, I think he got better as the game went sure. along. He looked more comfortable as you would you would hope. Yeah. He still had a lot of inaccurate passes,
0: um, and he's not going to get you know it's not going to get any easier. With the Ravens have a really good defense this year. Uh, for the game coming up on Saturday, really in, good defense. in Baltimore, right? In Baltimore, a really good pass rush. Um, Roquan Smith has been an absolute animal ever since he was traded from Chicago. He's just been a menace back there. A very, you know, they got Justin Houston, the guy the Falcons should have drafted from Georgia, is having a monster year. He's got like eleven sacks. Um, it's it's going to be t- real tough sledding for for Desmond Ritter this week. Uh, I, I'd like to point out a few things that Arthur Smith did that really pissed me off. Um, one was the Wildcat
1: formation or whatever with Felipe Franks what the fuck is that shit he just needs to give up on this Felipe Franks thing like there hasn't there hasn't been one positive play with Felipe Franks out there no it hasn't worked once and this week was miserable it's like and he, second and, and three did it twice
0: I think second and three let's get slow ass and, and you really saw how slow he was compared to, to Mariota and um and Ritter when he's trying to go around the around the tackles on the outside on that 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 option play or whatever he's not slow that's not his problem it was a horrible play, but he's a lot slower than Ritter or Mariota. And it's like, he just didn't execute that well. And it was also just a bad play call. And then he did it again later on in the game. It's like, just don't do this. This is pointless. Second and three, just get the ball. That's another thing. Give the ball to Tyler Algier. Yeah, the best game of his career, rushed for over eight yards per carry, 17 for 139 and a touchdown, and we just did not feed him enough.
1: He should have had 30 touches in this game. Yeah, he was a monster. I mean, he he looks like glory days, Michael Turner, just defenders bouncing off him left and right. Yeah. Did you, you, you know your boy uh, Huntley? He's out for the yeah, rest he's, of the season. he's out for the year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Torn Achilles, so that's yeah. why we didn't see him at all and did see CP basically backing up Algier. Like, Algier's your guy. But now. the
0: thing is, is though, is that they split carries again. Algier with 17, Corderell with 14. It was incredible to me that after that brilliant, brilliant uh, display of power that Algier had on that previous drive, it's like this other drive. Algier doesn't see the field. Except for on a third and long on a clear passing play. It's like what I know you can't give him the hand on the ball every time. I understand that. There is no excuse not to have him on the you gotta feed the hot hand. Arthur Smith doesn't know how to feed the hot hand. He is not distributing the ball well enough between Corderell and, and Algier. Algier ran circles around Corderell this week.
1: Yeah, I mean Corderell had his moments. He was okay. But... Three points but I'm just saying you're averaging eight yards per carry. That's yeah, no, crazy. Feed the man. Yeah. Give no, him thirty touches. I agree. Yeah, I mean they should have they should have been running it a shit ton more in the first quarter. I know like the thought is, you know, they're they're probably loading the box expecting the run, but still like, I mean, we're we're just getting first down all these deep shots and then play action and then third and long. It's like you got to help your rookie quarterback out. Yeah. Another thing they kept doing is like on third and long, this happened like two or three
0: times. Play action on third and long. It's we're not running the ball. It's a clear passing situation. Why are you doing why are we wasting time? Why are we letting, you know, it doesn't make sense. Why why
1: do that on third and 15, third and 11? Yeah, I mean, I I think the equation we want to see for the rest of the year, you know, the next three games, we want our uh, run to pass uh, quantity to be like, you're making brown rice, you know, two cups water, one cup rice. That's what I want in terms of rushing to pass. I like that ratio. You know, like I'm okay with 45 rushes. Yeah, at least. Just 15, running down 15 to threats. 20 passes. Yeah. Try to get him comfortable. Like, I mean, he looked okay. W- Although, what the hell was he doing at the end of the game, though, Ritter? Huh. When we actually got the ball back? Yeah, we got the ball back. It's only nine seconds. But he... It was like a four-yard pass. We picked up maybe six yards yeah. or something.
0: Yeah, and then he runs around, scrambles, gets the 50, and runs out of bounds like two seconds after the we time We are the expires. worst team at, like, just getting off a of Hail Mary. You can't do it. Just chuck it. Yeah. And then he kept looking at the clock, like, what's going on? And, you know, that's rookie bullshit, I guess. You know, whatever. It's still frustrating. Um, I don't get it. But I'm more upset with Arthur Smith. I think he called a horrible, horrible game um, all around. Until, like, the third quarter. He was like, oh, I guess I should run the ball now. It was, it was like, that's been our strength all year. Algier is a man possessed. I, I, he, was, he did an awful job utilizing Algier. Algier is like, your best offensive player right now. Feed the man. 30, give him twenty five to thirty touches next week.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's it's gonna be so tough to gauge Ritter hundred percent just because this receiving core is just decimated, oh, right? Oh, it's now. awful. It's awful like, Drake London and that's it. Like he's really your only like NFL receiver right now. I mean, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is okay. He's like a solid four. Bird's on, okay. On a, but Bird yeah, Bird shouldn't really be here. Daryl Hodge. Bird's had good games this year. I think Bird is actually a better receiver
0: than you're giving him credit for. He's not amazing, but you know he's like a fourth. But he's not third. a guy
1: like you can just like no. feed him the ball eight times a game. No, no. He's going to get like just sneak up on people once or twice. He, he's
0: a third receiver at best um, on this team, a, a fourth or fifth receiver or a practice squad guy anywhere else. But, you know, like, yeah, and you're exactly right. Like, one in at seven for 70. Michael Pruitt was next on the team in terms of receiving yards, for two for 20. So, I mean, that says everything you need to know. Drake Lennon was also targeted at 11 times. Uh, next highest target uh, was
1: Michael Pruitt with three. Yeah, we got to love that connection between those two, but it was certainly certainly a disappointment, not what we expected. Would have been sweet to somehow pull it out and be a lot more in the playoff race than we are currently. Still only one game back of Tampa Bay. Yeah, but I think, like, because of how terrible we've been against the NFC South... Like I think we need Tampa Bay. We need everyone to lose at least twice. Yeah, we need
0: everybody to kind of implode in the
1: next three games. Yeah, that's that's a big ask. Yeah, and also you're you know you're
0: I mean the Ravens are supposedly getting Lamar Jackson back this week. It's not confirmed, but supposedly getting him back. If he's back, there ain't no chance in hell. You're, well, that's not true. But your 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 chance to win is uh, significantly diminished. I would say compared to having to face uh, Huntley, their their backup. So.
1: um Important three games for us though, because like we need like we ha- for we evaluation. have to see improvement. Yes, Ritter Ritter has to improve, and you know Arthur Smith's job is kind of on the line not this year, but next in year terms of sure. who his quarterback is next year. Yeah, because like you know eighty four million dollars in cap space, you are going to be expected to win. Yeah, and. His, he's got to become a better play caller he's got to be
0: able to feel the game a little better than what he's doing right now he's not doing a good job i don't think understanding uh the 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 brown rice ratio you just you just said especially with with and and also controlling your rookie quarterback and making sure he's aware of what's going on i know that's not all on Arthur Smith that has to be somewhat on the player but damn man i don't know you gotta like treat him with kid gloves a
1: little bit because he is a kid i mean keep in mind it could have looked a lot worse because there were he had an almost just Brutal interception in the red zone. Yes, there was a another interception that got called back because the guy didn't fully have possession of the ball. So right. it could have been, been, been worse than yeah. it looks. Yeah, yeah, and the score could have been a lot worse yeah. as well.
0: Um, yeah, the Saints were like in control of that game, even when we had that long drive that was capped off by, you um, know, if it was Patterson or Algier, but um, they both scored. But even then, I was just like, the Saints, you know, they're just in control. The defense stepped up when they had to. They got a turnover, um, a fumble in the, the second quarter, which I think was really big to sort of get the Falcons, give them a little something, get them back in the game. But again, couple sacks. A couple sacks. Um, you still can't there's – a, there's a lot of blown coverages in this game. Uh, Troy Anderson was getting really shredded in the first quarter on the radio uh, by uh, – archer and uh i can't remember the other guy's name i'm, I'm gonna go to hell for it um west durham west durham and archer were talking about how like man he's just n- doing a horrible job containing his zone and buying on things they shouldn't buy it on and then that that's gonna you know that's gonna come with with more experience but like that deep ball that Taysom hill threw there's like no one around that receiver i can't remember his name
1: no hawkins was right there bro no, he, he, he he's jumping, and the ball just like went barely over his hands. No, but it was, then like, no five, him it was him. like five yards.
0: The guy burned him. He was burned, absolutely burned. Well, Maybe I watched a bad angle because it looks like he almost tipped it. The replay makes like when they did a close up of it. It was like, got it. It was it was ugly. There's some ugly plays, but the defense also, you know, to their credit, for as bad as they are, sometimes still only give 21 points. I know this isn't a world-beating offense for New Orleans, but. Um, you know, the, the, the defense is doing enough in terms of keeping, you know, keeping teams to scoring 21 points, 19 points, whatever. Right. They're doing enough for a, a confident NFL offense should be able to win the majority of these games. The Falcons have now lost seven games by six or less points this year.
1: We're on a pretty beefy losing streak now. What's it? Like 5 out of 6, 6 out of 7, something like that. We were 4 and 4 at one point. Yeah. We're 5 yeah. and 9 now. It's it's been a minute. The Bears game, I guess was our last win. That was the last win. The fact that you know, we could have easily won this division 100%. Just we just get get a couple wins. Yeah, and I'm starting to
0: get a nice little playoff game in the bends. Yeah, I'm starting to, like I mean I'm still happy that everyone's playing hard, and Arthur Smith certainly hasn't lost the locker room. But gotta start getting some better results. Um, well, I love I love that the social media and I know this roster is this roster It's not very good, but I love that the social media posted this uh, quote after the game of like it's like a picture behind Chris Lindstrom, and it's like and all it says is like these guys are together. No one's quitting on this team. No bad attitudes. It's like I guess that's all we can say. No one's, which is good, but they've because got, they've been so competitive, you just want to win just a couple more games. Give me like two or three
1: more wins right now. They've got a foundation. Do they? Yeah, they've got some good young pieces. They, Al, s- they, Al- they seem to have Algier and they, London and
0: Grady and, they and they seem AJ to have Terrell. A good culture. Yes, the culture is good.
1: I mean they got some good. Yeah, I mean Hawkins and Grant are pretty good pieces. Taquan Graham, yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, Lindstrom obviously. Lindstrom obviously is a beast. Um, McGarry, you know. we should have resigned. Well, I'm glad we didn't resign. Him. hindsight there. Yeah, it was like because he he was not worthy. Might of have to of spend for him now. I don't know. I don't know either. But it, you, you got to obviously get a beast of an edge rusher it's a, through free agency. And a center. Please get a center who can snap the ball
0: convoy. There's still off-target snaps and shotgun all over the place yeah, this let's, week.
1: Let's let's spend for a
0: veteran center. Yes, do the Alex Mack route. Don't sign Alex Mack because he's retired, but get
1: someone of his caliber. Get a solid, legit number two receiver. Yes, No more... Healthy Kyle Pitts back. Yes. And things start to look a little better. And then, like, and obviously, like, let's see what we got with Ritter over the next three games. But you 100%, you need to bring in a, you know, a, I don't know, Baker Mayfield. I mean, just one of these, like, pretty okay veteran quarterbacks is like a backup plan. Right, it's a mentor thing. Or, but but I mean, if, if Ritter doesn't have it, then... Trade up get one of the best quarterbacks available this year. So here's here's one of the last things I want to talk about with these Falcons. So we're going to look at Desmond Ritter the last
0: quarter of the season. Do you think that's enough time to really evaluate and know? Not really. Exactly. So, But you need to see progress. I agree. I agree. You need to see progress. But do you think now, and we can't do anything about it, but do you think the move should have been made earlier so that we could have more of a definition of, of where Desmond Ritter's at going into the offseason? Because I agree. I don't think there's enough time to
1: really fully evaluate this guy. Yeah, no. I mean – I, I It should have happened after that Thursday night game. The Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. The throw from his back. Yeah. I think like six games or whatever. Six games, seven games, you can tell a lot more. Yeah. Four seems pretty tight. It's like the
0: same thing. You know, we were talking about when we lost to the Steelers, whenever that was. We lose all the time now. Um, Kenny Pickett, you know, started in like week four, and now he's kind of developed into a a decent little quarterback that has potential for next year. Whereas Ritter, yeah.
1: you know, It does... Did that not feel like he was leading you on a game-winning drive, though?
0: If, it, it it had that momentum. It, the, like, it, it had that it, momentum. It felt different than a Mariota. Yeah, it was still bad play calling, though. And those those so it's like first down, we run it for five yards, great. Second down, and completion. Third down, incompletion. Why not just keep? Why not just keep running the ball? He still had plenty of time. It, it, it's just, it's, it, again,
1: Arthur Smith. Yeah, Arthur's got to work on that clock management. Like Poor. if you have the ball with six minutes. You should be able to time that out. So either Koo's kicking a field goal to tie it yeah. with zero on the clock, yeah. or you get that touchdown with them not having enough time to do anything. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make sense why it's like things are working.
0: Just keep running the ball. You have time. You have plenty of time. I I, I really am starting to question his his game management skills and play calling. Um, even though I know he's working with a limited hand, but Jesus Go with what's
1: working, man. Ride the hot hand. I mean, that, that's why, like, next year is. Um, I don't know, I feel like you have some dumb phrase about this. Sh- prove it or lose it or. <laughs> prove it or lose it. I like it. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, Put because... up or shut up. There you go. Yeah. That's the, I like that... prove it or lose it, though. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I mean, there's been zero expectations to win these past two years. Yeah, right. You know, maybe a little bit last year with Matt Ryan still around, but. Yeah. But you knew the Not roster really. sucked, and now it's gotten demonstrably worse. How about poor Matt Ryan last yeah, week? Blows a 33-point lead to the Minnesota. I feel bad for him. I do, too. I mean, the defense was absolutely horrendous, but a lot of drives stalled out in the red zone.
0: Yes, I can and Matt say. Ryan has always had that issue his whole career. It's like red zone drives, man. It's just something he—ever since Tony Gonzalez retired, it was like— wasn't it just struggled I, to finish? I think the them. Colts
1: are still. They have a worse record than the Falcons. So who? who had four nine and one. Who, so had yeah. that, who had that going into this year? No one. I thought Colts were going to win that division and win like a playoff game.
0: I yeah. thought the Colts were going to take the world by storm. I was clearly mistaken. Um, yes, yeah, so a Ravens this week. We've talked about Lamar probably coming back. Is that a probable? I heard, he, I heard he didn't practice today. He didn't practice today, so it's not confirmed. But they're, they're saying, so, like, he is scheduled to come back this week.
1: Unfortunate for us, like, they need to win games at this point. Yeah, they're in the wild card. They're one game behind Cincinnati for the AFC North. But they could easily drop out of the playoffs if they keep
0: losing, I believe. I think they have, like, a one-game cushion right now. Like, if they lose, they're still fine.
1: Yeah, but it's not like they can just afford to just, like, no. say, hey, let's take one more week. No,
0: and they've lost a lot of games they should have won this year, kind of like us. I mean, they've had – they could easily be, like – 12 and two or something like, I mean, they, they've really blown a lot of games, which is good for us. Um, and they've done that a lot at home this year. Blow, blow a big lead to, could be setting up Falcons. Could be, you never know. But you know, so the one thing I would say this, since I actually know a little bit about the team we're playing, since so I watch them every week. Um, the Ravens are, are finally healthy at running back. They got JK Dobbins. They're, they're excellent, excellent uh, lead back playing uh, at a really high level right now. He had like 125 against Cleveland, And Cleveland's run defense isn't really any better than ours, so I expect him to get fed a lot. The good thing about the Ravens is they also have, uh, if you think Arthur Smith mismanages games, Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator, is horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, In this game this week, they had run for like 160 yards or something on the ground, and they didn't run the ball once in the fourth quarter, even though they were only down by 10 points. So he Mm. makes really stupid decisions like that, which could really, really, really help us with the backup quarterback. Yeah. Especially if they have the backup quarterback or even with Lamar, sometimes they just, they just throw the ball too much. And it's like you, and they have good running Dobbins and, and uh, Gus Edwards are monsters. And it's just, and and Lamar himself is obviously a, a freak and Huntley, the backup quarterback, if he does play is also a good runner. So they don't play their strengths enough either. So I think it's going to be a pretty, uh, pretty close game. And they don't have a good receiving core. They don't have a dominant number one receiver. They have Mark Andrews, but if Huntley plays, Mark Andrews has been really ineffective with Huntley because he's just not a great quarterback. If Lamar's playing, Mark Andrews becomes a huge problem for us. But if he's not, we actually have a better receiving core if Lamar doesn't play, I, I think. like they are, not, they are not
1: good. How is that? Po- I mean, we have London.
0: Yeah, we have London. They, they, <laughs> like their guys are like Duvernay, who's okay, and there's another guy Robinson, who's like average, and then the rest I can't even name you. Um, so Andrews really is it. Andrews is 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 an absolute all world tight end, but with Huntley, he, he can't. They don't have any chemistry for whatever reason. So um, it's it's going to be a weird game. It's going to depend on who plays quarterback. If Lamar plays, I think the Ravens win. If Huntley plays, I think the Falcons have a really good shot. But even if Lamar plays, I think we. Have a chance. We just got to run the shit out of
1: the ball. This is tough, and there's this storm, winter storm moving through the northeast. Yes. this weekend it's probably going to snow, eh. which sucks. Um, I guess we just, I mean, run the hell out of it. Yeah, but the I want to. I want to see Ritter. That's not, of a, course, that's not a good opportunity to evaluate him. No, it's
0: not. And the Ravens do have a stingy run defense. I think they're they're top twelve in the league in running run defense, if not better. So it will be strength versus strength. Um the key for Ritter will be to I, I think for Arthur Smith to construct plays or have plays in his playbook lined up for Ritter to get rid of the ball fast and early. Short passes, slants over the middle, dump offs to the running back. I would love to see Algier involved more in the passing game, Patterson too. Just just short passes. Don't even think about airing and out against this against the secondary. Just don't do it. Just just short passes and run
1: the ball. That's I mean, all you gotta do. I mean, he's a Cincinnati guy. He's probably played in some cold weather games sure. in this day. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. I am looking for him to just be a little more accurate if the weather allows him to. It it, it can't be. We we can't have these just wild overthrows like we were having uh, against Norris. Just inaccurate passes. Like the zip on the ball, though. He does throw with a lot of velocity, and when he's and when and, and there are a lot of there are like four or five of those passes to London where I was like, "Fuck, that was a really good throw." Yeah. So he's not like hopeless. It was just a rough, a very rough first outing for him. He looks like a guy who could potentially sure be good. Yeah, he could potentially be good. We just have to we just have to wait and see. So, I don't really have a big prediction because I think a lot of it comes down to Lamar. So, we'll we'll see. But also Lamar's been out for like 4 weeks
1: now, so who knows if he's going to be effective. I have a great prediction. All right. Falcons lose by 3. <laughs> That's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. About probably about, you know, 21-18. Yeah, uh somewhere in there. I could see a 13-10 game. Something just disgusting. We've never gone less than 10 points. No,
0: but I could see it this week with the snow and everything and Maybe. Ravens having a good defense. I
1: could see Lamar throwing a pick six or something. Lamar could
0: definitely throw an interception. We could definitely, definitely uh, force that, I think. It's so hard to contain him, though. I don't know how many, uh, if you guys watch any Ravens games, really, but out there. But Lamar reminds me a lot of Mike, Mike Vick with the way he runs. Except I think he's even better at like evading tacklers and he's bigger. Yeah. Like he he's just a freak, the things he can do when he's got the ball in his in his arms. We bring. did a pretty decent job against Fields. We did. So we kinda have a game plan there. Yeah. And Fields is running the ball really well, but Lamar is like Fields is a little more powerful a runner than Lamar to me. Lamar is a lot faster than Fields. This defense will be uh really, really tested with this if they actually commit to the run. Troy Anderson, get ready, Bo.
1: Yeah, for real. Like He's been, he's been named the star for the next three games. They're they're kind of, let's see what he's got as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he gets better in coverage. But, uh, you
0: know, that's your Falcons report, and we'll see what happens Christmas Eve against Baltimore. Is that a 1 p.m. game? That's a 1 p.m. game. On a Saturday. On a Saturday. Interesting. The majority of the NFL games this week are on, at 1 p.m. on Saturday, and then hmm. you get like two or three Christmas games. Got it. Christmas Day games. So there you have it. Alright, we'll take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll talk uh, the departure of one Dansby Swanson. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. You got same-game parlays, easy and fast playouts, player prop options. You also got the original DraftKings app, which lets you do the daily fantasy stuff, which is always a lot of fun, especially around the holiday time. So this weekend looks pretty fun. Looks pretty good. Looks like a good time to do some DraftKings. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. All right, we went one-on-one last week. It's very unfair um, because the Patriots decided to uh, do a really stupid play at the end of the game that that cost them that game. So let's turn the page and focus on week Week 16. Good God. All right, week 16. I'm going to take Seattle over Kansas City. Seattle gets 9.5 points, Kansas City. Just went to overtime with the one and 11 and one Texans. I expect Seattle to keep it close enough to cover the spread at nine and a half points at Kansas City. Even though that might look a little daunting, that's a big point spread. And uh, the Chiefs, even though they're winning games, are playing people really close right now. So I would take Seattle over Kansas City with nine and a half. And then we're gonna turn our attention to the Falcons. I haven't been on the Falcons in a long time, but I'm feeling frisky. I think this is gonna be a close game. The Falcons are getting 7.5 points at Baltimore. Like we just talked about, um, there are a lot of factors to consider whether or not Lamar Jackson's coming back, which should certainly impact if you make this better or not. But I'm going to say, even if he does, eh, just roll the dice on the Falcons. I don't think they're going to win. But they should be able to cover that 7.5-point seven, seven spread. Baltimore has played a lot of teams close this year, giving up a lot of big leads, just like the Falcons have over the years. So I, I don't know. I expect it to be close. If you're not comfortable with the Falcons, I would recommend Cincinnati at New England. uh, New England gets three and a half, but they're kind of in a tailspin, and Cincinnati's just dominating right now, and New England only gets three and a half points. So those are your bets. I'm not going to repeat them because that was a lot of information, Uh,
1: and that's that. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Adam, we're back. We're talking Braves.
0: As Adam pours a freshly opened beer into his uh, pint glass there, a Braves pint glass. Braves here. pint glass, very appropriate. It's starting to feel like baseball season. It's really not with the weather. and uh, It's almost 2023.
1: It is almost 2023, but it does not feel at all like baseball season. But, you know, the hot stove has just been so crazy recently. I feel like I'm, you know, getting a little more in tune with well, what's going on with my baseball team. Well, with how bad the, the Falcons and Hawks have been, no one could blame you. That's true. We have one good team in this town right now. That is objectively true. Hawks so, are mediocre. At best. Could be good.
0: Could be good. We'll see. All right, the big news, obviously, this week is Dansby Swanson is gone. Even though it hasn't been officially announced by Chicago, everyone who is worth a damn has been saying that Dansby is signing a seven-year, $177 million contract with the Chicago Cubs. So Von Grissom, unless something else happens, is your probable starting shortstop. Adam, your thoughts on Dansby being gone? We anticipated this was going to happen last week and uh did so we were emotionally prepared for this
1: exactly you know I loved Dansby you know he's the the OG played at Turner Field you know how much that means to a guy like me and he I, I think he certainly was a leader in the clubhouse there's no doubt about that and just a very solid piece to have awesome defensively but like we've discussed before at the end of the day like if he's gonna chase after the market like that. I mean, I don't blame him for leaving at all. His offer was seventy seven million more than what the Braves reportedly offered him. You know, I'm sure we would have come up a little bit from that one hundred million dollar offer. Yeah, I can see this going like one twenty, 120, one twenty five. But, you know, not enough to like even make a competitive offer. No. But I you know, I'm kinda of surprised Dan, like so Dansby's now wife plays soccer in Chicago, which I'm sure that had to be a huge influence. Did you see the tweet where some site posted like the Cubs lineup and like it gave like those big, those big eyes like, yeah. whoa, yeah, look like, at this. It's
0: like big shit. It's like you got Seiya Suzuki and Dansby Swanson. Yeah. I, and I, Cody Bellinger is, like who cares? Here,
1: here's the Cubs. Bellinger sucks. Here's the Cubs roster. We got Jan Gomes. Uh, first base, it looks like, yeah, Alfonso Rivas, Patrick Wisdom, Cody Bellinger. I don't know. Second base, Madrigal, and then, like, Dansby. Like, that's their big, like, one-two punch now. Well, apparently. you got
0: Nico Horner, too. I think he's probably going to play second base over Madrigal. But...
1: Oh, yeah, Nico Horner's still at shortstop. Yeah, he's,
0: he's going to be a solid player. But, like, I think they're set up pretty decently for the future, but they ain't winning for the next two or three years. Ian Happ,
1: Suzuki. Yeah, and it's... it's... Like, they've got a couple good arms, but it's like... The only, like, really legitimate
0: people they have right now are Dansby and Suzuki. I would say, like, everyone else in that roster is still either too young or needs to prove themselves or is washed out.
1: Marcus Stroman's pretty good, but, like, he's up and down yeah. a lot. I'm just talking
0: about offensively, right? Oh, okay, so, sure, sure. Um, the, C- the Cubs, and, and we talked about this, right? If Dansby goes to Chicago, he ain't winning. He ain't winning
1: for at least two or three years, if not longer. That's a good place, like, as a Braves fan... I'm happy with him in Chicago. It's so I, much better than L.A. I feel like Cubs would be one of like my top five teams to cheer for. Really? Outside of the Braves, of course. If it
0: was 15 years ago, I'd disagree with you, but I don't really care about the Cubs anymore. Like When they beat us in the 2003 NLDS, we had that great offensive team of like Sheffield and Chipper and Andrew Jones and shit, Marcus Giles, and Javi Lopez was on steroids hitting like 40 bombs, and they beat us. I was so freaking pissed off. But I, I've, I've calmed down since then, and uh, yeah, I don't really care about the Cubs anymore.
1: I mean, they're just like, their fans are so legit, and the fact that they're, sure. they show up no matter what. Yes. Working yes. man's town. Yeah, great great ballpark. You gotta respect that. Right. Generally not assholes, like Philly or New York they, they or did LA. They did mock the, the Tomahawk Chop um, in 03. Well, they probably mocked it and not like being offended by it no, no they weren't offended
0: by it they were just they took their hats off I remember this, these guys were doing it at one of the NODS games I went to they were taking their hats off and like like moving it forward up and down with the tomahawk chopper just going
1: ha ha ha
0: and then all of Wrigley Field was doing that
1: when we went there I was and like, th- is- then you're like man this is pretty stupid it is pretty stupid <laughs> it's a dumbass see champ. that's the approach mock it don't yeah. like get offended by it right like more mocking we might be like wait what are we doing here yeah we yeah. look dumb yeah yeah, maybe that's
0: what all, all, all these uh, politically charged people need to do is just say how stupid it is regardless of any uh, potential cultural appropriation or shit they claim.
1: Yeah, just like show us videos of our faces doing it. And, and we're, we're like, like, oh, God, man, oh, we should do this. Are we, what are we, children? This yeah, we look really, like idiots. This is really dumb. Total morons. Yeah, that's, that would be the approach I would take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dansby's gone. It's like, you know, obviously we would be better with him as our shortstop, I w- would presume. Yes then we are going to be with – I hope we just run with Grissom. At just point. run with Grissom.
0: I don't want to see – Arcia can start there when Grissom gets a day off. I don't want to see – Grissom needs to be the starting shortstop unless you, I don't know, trade for somebody or whatever. Like Grissom's your starter.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there still could be a move or two to be made, but Grissom batting – like bat him ninth, just like we did with Harris last year for a majority of the time, just like zero pressure – it's like, just focus on your defense. That That's his, what he needs. He's already been working on it with Ron. Let's keep that going. Spring yeah. training, just like, hey, we just want you to be really good defensively. Anything with the bat is hunky-dory. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm still sticking with, like, what we talked about last week, Graham, that we're, like, splitting hairs over the, like, eight and nine hitters in our lineup. Like, w- this is a good team. I'm not saying it's not a good team.
0: I just think it can be a world beater. If you had a legitimate left fielder
1: and shorts, I can't say Vaughn is going to be a legitimate shortstop or not. Do you think there's any possibility? So, because we still have some question marks. Like, you know, Rosario coming back, I know he's been killed by the shift, sabermetric wise. Matt and Olsen was killed. He got 47 hits robbed last year. So that, that, that's something. So Rosario with like getting killed by the shift and then the eyes. So that's like a potential. Maybe. He could be okay. Maybe. Maybe. It's a big maybe. And then Ozuna.
0: I'm not even going to. Really? You're going to talk about Marcel Ozuna? Are you saying there's a 0%
1: chance that Ozuna can't be a 250 hitter? Nothing's
0: a 0% chance. But over the last two years, he has been dog shit. What makes you think with another year added on to his career, getting older, what makes you think he's going to get any better?
1: Normal spring training. Not being arrested. I don't know. I'm just saying, like there's, there's still like,
0: <laughs> I don't want to zoom on this team anymore. But like
1: for our number eight hitter, it's like okay, you don't maybe it'll work out. No,
0: I, I would rather go over Zario over Ozuna. Not even just from the moral implications, but just I think, Ozuna's is just dog shit. He's just not a good player anymore, uh, and he's he's one of the worst outfielders I've ever seen. Uh, he he's like playing
1: in the Dominican League. If anyone needs to, and, he, he and definitely I, should. I saw like I was like even the scouting report on him down there is that his arm, like he just has an like, absolute noodle arm. Yeah, and it was like someone singled to left and like it was just a joke of a throw in.
0: Yeah, and 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 I and I absolutely adore Eddie Rosario. He's a legend. He's an Atlanta Braves legend for life for what he did in the postseason in twenty twenty one. I just don't think he's gonna get demonstrably better and he just has had in the last three years he's just had health issue after health issue pop up whether it's his eyes whether it's his knee whether it's his shoulder um it's just been a problem i just it's just hard to get excited freddie rosario right now I, I i can't do it well let's get to the big news of the week graham oh, oh yeah there's a lot of more important things happening than dansby swanson uh, leaving <laughs> Before we get to your big news, I just okay. got to say, you're right. You're right. I, I, I'm sorry. I just move on. Like, he's not no, on my team anymore. I understand. So, it's, I understand. Sayonara. Yeah. So, it, it's it's just interesting to me with the Braves and how they approach the offseason. And, and, and the thing is, you know, I, I keep saying I want us to be more active in free agency. I want us to be more active in free agency and sign legitimate players and blah, blah, blah. But when you see these contracts, the only guy that's like gotten a contract, I think, is fair this off season. That was a free agent. Is Carlos Rodon, uh, the San Francisco pitcher, who got signed in like six years, one hundred sixty-two million or something, for his age and how good he is. I'm like, all right, that's fair. You know, I'll do that. But every other contract has just been batshit insanity. I feel like from Jacob DeGrom to Justin Verlander to Correa even though I know he's failed his physical or something, his physical is pending right now, uh, to Trey Turner, uh, Bogarts. But Dan's Dan's also being overpaid probably $50 million over what he's actually worth. So even though I wish the Braves would get more active, it's like the majority of these big contracts, with the exception of Carlos Verdun, have been extremely, extremely um, ridiculous and insane to lock yourself in that long with somebody.
1: So, so you got to respect the way I do Anthopolis
0: respect, is like is I do. doing it and the way he's set this team up. Sure, but it's still... There's also part of me, though, that's frustrated that we keep losing our like these big star core players. And I know every, every situation is different. Freddie, obviously, his agents fucked him. Um, you know, Dansby chased the money. Um, I can't blame Dansby. I can blame Freddie a little bit. I can also blame Anthopolis and Braves' management for not getting the Freddie deal done. But it's... Um, but in terms of like when we actually hit free agency, I do appreciate that Anthopolis isn't locking us into some insane deal with somebody. He might give us four or five good years, but we'll definitely age and flame out afterwards. So it's um, where you get the Albert Poole situation.
1: I, I do get it that I eventually would like to keep one of our guys. Yeah, like what
0: happens when a Cunha hits free agency? What if he's still a beast? Are you going to pay him? The what he wants. Like eventually we got it. Maybe Max Freed is the one we do it with. I don't know. I don't know either. Like the good news is Max Fried has two more years left on his deal. I thought he only had one. I would love to get a Max Fried deal done. I'd like to get something done with, with uh, someone in our core who isn't like super young, but will still be valuable down the line where we can retain them and, uh, you know, build around like, I would like to see another healthy year from Acuna. And he's still got like four or five more years left, but you also just got to be careful because you don't want to get into a situation where all your guys just leave when it's free agency time. And he's doing a good job of trying to prevent that with these deals that are very team-friendly. But eventually you, go, you will have to pay the Piper for a guy who's really worth a damn. And the, and the Braves have gotten away with it with Freddie. I'm sure they're going to get away with it with, Dams, with Dansby. But eventually you're going to have to pay somebody when they hit free agency. And you might have to overpay. You might have to deal with it. But and, but the thing is also the Braves have enough money where they can afford to do something like that. So, But I also think every situation is different. Every player is different. And I'm glad we didn't give Dansby that much money because I think that's kind of ridiculous.
1: No, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And, and I wish him the best in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I've got no ill will towards the guy. It feels no. very different than the Freddie scenario. No. Um, who Who had Dansby Swanson... With a bigger overall contract than Freddie Freeman? No one. By the way. it's yeah. insane. I, real, I There's like one more year with Tansby's contract, but that's still crazy that it's in the same ballpark. Freddie should have Freddie just signed with us for a one-year deal and waited for this offseason. To really cash in. Yeah. yeah. So he had another monster season for, last year. I mean, it's like this year, I guess it's just like teams realizing, okay, attendance is back after COVID. Like teams are spending again big time. No, yeah,
0: I mean, especially these big market teams. You know, your your Yankees, your your Giants, your Padres. I mean, the Padres aren't big market, but they have an owner that's like on a suicide mission to win a World Series. He's
1: been doing that for five years, and like they, they well, never. Well, get they got close. to the
0: NLCS last year. Yeah. they made progress. They made. You can't say they didn't make progress. I'm not saying. And it's weird. You, every every move has to be evaluated on its own merit or or detriment. I don't think you can just you know throw up your hands and say. Yes, we have to spend a bitch load of money because we have to. That's how you compete. It's like, no, every situation is different. I would just would love to see the Braves splurge on like a, I don't know, a 26. Like if we had signed Carlos Rodon to that deal, I would have loved that. As opposed to giving 23 million to fucking Charlie Morton. Sure. You know,
1: that's just me, though. Right. You know, different, different timing of things sure. as well. Uh, well, let's take a quick look at the the free agents that are left, Graham. Oh okay. to see if you know the Braves could still make a move. Yeah, somewhere, but uh, it's getting a little little slimmer now. So you know Will Myers is a guy that I had on my list as a like oh, fuck that. I've always liked Will Myers. why he's been a solid fantasy he's baseball guy for me for years. He's, he's very average at best. Well that's what you're looking at at this point in time, Graham, but would you take him and left over Rosario? What's his What's his peripherals last season? All right. Uh, he posted a 713 OPS with seven homers and 286 plate appearance for the Padres. He's but had a lot of health problems. But he's also just two seasons removed from a 959 OPS and 15 homers in the pandemic-shortened 2020 season. Marcelo Zuna also had a great pandemic-shortened season. I don't want Will Myers. All right. Shortstop. Top uh, free agent shortstop now. Assuming we don't get Carlos Correa, who's available again, is uh, Jose Iglesias. Yeah. You know, he's a one or two war guy, but he's like slick fielding shortstop. I'd rather just roll the dice with Grissom at this point, personally. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, Evan Longoria, we got no need for him. Nope. Jerkerson Profar in left field. I would take him, and he plays a bunch of infield positions as well. I think he'd be a good utility guy for sure and a potential starter. Last year, career best 3.1 B-War with the the Padres. Yeah, he had a really good season. 15 homers. He's yeah. entering his age 30 season. I'd sign that dude to like a three-year, $35 million contract or something. He's played every position but pitcher and catcher
0: during his yeah. 8 career. Yeah, no, I would, I'd be all for that. I think that'd be a good signing. I agree.
1: Because what the Braves did do is we signed... Uh, who Graham's already calling my boy? Yeah, Jordan Luplo.
0: You're very excited about it on the Atlanta Zone text thread.
1: I, I was. You sir- sent you sent a, a grand slam, he hit in some playoff series. Yeah, twenty twenty. Well, you got to look these guys up, see, see what we got. Yeah. So no, there was the twenty twenty one NLDS. He was playing with the Rays. He had a first inning grand slam. He's supposedly very good against lefties, and he is like ninety eight percentile in arm in the outfield. He's great defensively. I won't say no to like a solid bench piece. So I'm, I'm. You don't need to convince but like me. But at this point, unless like we make another move, we're looking at platoon out in left field. You should have
0: platoon in left field.
1: Well, look, we got Rosario, we got Luplo. Sign now.
0: Profar and be done with it. I forgot he was a free agent. So idea. you're
1: on board with Profar? I, I am like on board. Profar okay. had a very
0: solid season. That last seems year. doable for us. Yes. Yeah, so why not? I mean, one uh, year, twenty million dollars. Sure. That's fine. Prove it. Yeah. Prove it contract or two for whatever. I, uh, yeah. Leplo also had a .1 war last season and hit like 179. You're not going to get much offensively from him, but it sounds like he's a solid defensive player.
1: The Braves have also signed. <laughs> I didn't realize this. He's wearing number 98.
0: I love it. That's Ho- a that's guy that has someone to pr- something to prove.
1: Hoy Park, who I believe is he's about 26 years old. You, like... Utility infielder. He he can play some short. He can play some third. He can play second. Uh, played for the Pirates. You know, very mediocre hitter, but good defensively and young guy could develop into something. Who knows? We we got we also got to restock our minor league system as well. We got to yeah. So all of these guys, Luplo included, they have options. Sure. Sure. So you know, just because I know I realize everyone wants the big signing right now, but just because. We're signing some people now. That doesn't mean that this is like the final move. Yeah, and remember, I
0: mean, the Braves have been bitten by big free agent signings in the past. Remember, you know, B.J. Upton uh, set the franchise back for years. You know, there, it's like just because you just cause you have money to spend doesn't mean you should do it. But, yeah, far signing would be pretty cool. I didn't realize he was a free agent. Um, the funny thing was when you sent all that stuff about uh, loop. what's his name, Ludlow, Luplo? Luplo. Luplo. I was like, you're like, solid upgrade over Heredia. I was like, bullshit. And then I looked up what Luplo has was like 179 with a .1 war. And I was like, surely Heredia was better than this. And Heredia was like 152, negative .3 war. I was like, oh.
1: Like Heredia, like... Heredia is
0: just an emotional leader. Like we
1: were saying downstairs, like he would, he's not going to be on another major league roster besides I think
0: he, I definitely think he could, because I think people take... Uh, stock in the clubhouse thing. I think that if there's a fit where he can just be a guy in the in the clubhouse and and occasionally be a defensive outfield replacement. I think there could be a place for him. But yeah, he's not a he's not a good player at this point in his career. He's never been a great player at all. Um, he's probably gone. I would think from the Braves, and uh, I don't think they're going to bring him back. But I, uh, you know, already it was I think a big part of us winning the World Series from an emotional standpoint.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he's not even on the 40 at this point. We, we have another outfielder that we signed this offseason, Sam Hilliard. I think he's an ex, also an ex rays guy. Yeah. Um, good defensively. So, yeah, I think they're moving on from there. It's also interesting that Duvall is still available. That would seem like a no-brainer, but... I would take pro forever him. Doesn't seem like they want to go that direction. No, I'm sure Duvall would be cheaper, but... He might
0: be cheaper, but it's also a thing where he's getting older, health concerns he missed the majority of last season with health issues so i'm fine with moving on from duval even though i, I have a, a soft spot for him for sure
1: i wanted to see what you think here about these depth charts graham depth chart for the braves i wanted to do a comparison i didn't know depth charts were a thing for baseball this is exciting yeah me neither until today so let's look at these two lineups and just see what you think is better are you comparing the mets to the braves correct because okay. you know the mets are winning the offseason Right with another forty-five year old pitcher, they always do. So let's just start with the rotations right now, and this is just MLB.com depth chart. So this is what they're predicting as of right now. So Braves: Freed, Morton, Wright, Strider, Elder. Versus the Mets: Scherzer, Verlander, Quintana. I don't know who Cody Senga is. Carrasco, David Peterson, Tyler Meagle. Who are the top? Say the top two for the Mets again. Scherzer, Verlander. Yeah, okay, great. Versus Fried and Wright. Or Fried and Strider.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the Braves overall have the advantage there. But, I mean, you can't... If if Verlander and Scherzer are on their shit, I mean, that's still a very formidable one-two. I mean, Verlander's coming off one of the best seasons of his career. The problem for the Mets is that your top-two pitchers have a combined age of, like, 90. So, uh, <laughs> something could definitely go wrong there. And we saw... Scherzer have health issues over the last couple years that normally he does not have, and it's not gonna get any better with him getting older. So I think the Braves have the advantage in the rotation. And I'm not even counting um Morton or Elder because uh you know, they're fine. Um Morton, I am kind of very sour on right now, but I think Freed Wright Strider, those guys are all are all good. That's a, that's one of the better top threes you can have in the game. I mean I said that last week too. So I think advantage Braves
1: on the, the rotation. All right, bullpen. And I know the bull the Mets just signed Ottavino today. Oh that's a good, it was that's, a good piece. that's a good piece. Yeah. So we'll we'll throw him in there. So the Mets we got Edwin Diaz, David Robertson, Drew Smith, Brooks raley some guys, Tommy Hunter, those are the only names I know. And then against AJ Minter Jimenez, Iglesias, McHugh, Matzik, Dylan Lee, Kirby Yates. They got Wasker on there, and that's not accurate. I mean, I think the bullpens might be a little more even. Um, You know, Minter,
0: Jimenez, Iglesias, McHugh is great. The rest of those guys, I have a lot of question marks around. Dylan Lee? Dylan Lee's good, but, you know, we'll see how he does in the second season, second full season. You never know how that's going to work. Edwin Diaz is the best closer in baseball. And David Robertson had a hell of a season last year. So that's that's a very formidable back of the bullpen. I think I think the bullpens are pretty, pretty even, I would say, overall.
1: Um, I'm not going to give an advantage to either one of the teams, but they have a good bullpen. All right, let's get to the meat then. Catcher, we got James McCann and Thomas Nito versus Sean Murphy, Travis Darnot. Braves win that. First base, Matt Olson versus Pete Alonso. Yeah, I would give that to the Mets. It's close, though. I give it to the Mets. It's close. Second base, McNeil versus Ozzy, Close, but
0: I'd, I'd take I mean, McNeil's a better hitter. I think Ozzy's a better defender, so you could say that's a draw.
1: Third base, Riley versus Luis Guillerme or Eduardo Escobar. Definitely Riley. Shortstop, you know, they got that now. Francisco Lindor yeah. versus Vaughn Grissom. Definitely Nets. Left field, we got Mark Kanha <laughs> versus Eddie Rosario, Marcelo Zuna, Jordan Luplo. Disgusting. Disgusting.
0: God, it's so gross. I, I mean, I'll take Marcana over guess, any of those guys. But not by that much.
1: Oh, please. I would take Jerkus and Profar over Kana. Well, yeah, I would too, but we don't have him. Center field, Michael Harris versus Brandon Nimmo. Solid. I mean, those are both good, really good players. I'll take Harris for his, especially the defense. Right field, Marte, Starling Marte versus Acuna. Solid. If Acuna's healthy, Acuna wins that. And then DH, they have us listed as Ozuna, but it's going to be Darno. Versus Vogelbach, God, I like Vogelbach. You like Vogelbach over? Not over Darno,
0: but I, I I love Vogelbach's like personality. I love him, I love him and, as
1: a concept. Yeah,
0: but like I think it'll be a, I th- I think it's a pretty even even roster, honestly. No, come on. I, I think I think it's solid. I think the Braves have the overall better lineup, but the Mets aren't going to be anything to to, to sneeze at um, at all. There's no way Scherzer and Verlander make it through the season. Probably not. But you never know how health issues are going to work out in baseball. You never know who's going to rise up, who who uh, you never expected to. Do we expect Spencer Strider to become like one of the better pitchers, starting pitchers in baseball before the season started? That's true, Graham. You never know how things are going to work. Um, I think the Mets will still be good next year. I think the Phillies will also still be good next year. I think the NL East is going to be very competitive. Um, I also think the Braves, you know, should be able to defend the division again, but. Um, it would really help to get a to get a left fielder. That's all I'll say. If you get a left fielder, I will declare the Braves better than the Mets. Profar changes it. Profar would change it big time.
1: Let's go, Profar.
0: Get Profar, Alex. I know you listen listening to the show. You cheap bastard.
1: That'd be exciting. That would be exciting. That'd be exciting to be like, ah, oh,
0: that's nice. Drop, he, drop. He's
1: like a top twenty free agent, probably. He's
0: really, he's pretty, pretty he's a really good player. Hugo, and
1: he, Hugo would approve of him. Hugo, ex padre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know about that. Yeah,
0: he knows about that. So, uh, you got anything else,
1: Adam? I think that's all I have, Graham. All right.
0: Well, that's our last show for the year, everybody. We want to wish everyone a uh, very happy and safe holiday season. Uh, we hope it's filled with some Falcons and Hawks victories. Uh, I want to thank everyone for riding with us. For uh, if you've been here five years or one year or one day, we appreciate you, and um, we'll see you fresh and reloaded in
1: 2023, which will be year six of Atlanta Zone. I think we've only asked for this one time, but if you don't mind, throw us a review on the uh, you know the Apple or uh, Spotify, whatever you listen to us on. Yeah. That'd be a good Christmas present. That'd be to a us. great
0: Christmas present to your friends at Atlanta Zone. Yes. Um, all right. Well, we'll see you all next year, and uh, thank you as always for listening. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Last potato soup. Last soup. We actually just uh, confirmed that maybe we'll record again next next week. We don't know, but it's a possibility. So goodbye.